It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take me to the Hello podcast listeners, my name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. I'm a mother, a wife, and an entrepreneur. I started the Sunrise Project after our beautiful teenage son attempted to take his own life. Truth is I'm tired. My husband and I felt despair, isolation, and immeasurable pain. I knew in my heart we needed a place for Black parents to share their struggles, find mutual support, and help our beloved children who struggle with mental wellness, addiction, or both. Each weekly podcast features an expert who shares their knowledge and takes questions from parents and children. Take me to the king. I don't have much to the Sunrise Project allows Black families, like ours, to find comfort in knowing that we are not alone. While the purpose of the Sunrise Project is to share, support, and uplift, this conversation is not a substitute for medical advice. Finding the right healthcare professional for your family's specific needs is crucial. If you do not feel seen or heard, you should speak to more than one professional to find the right fit. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our weekly sunrise call this morning. As always, I'm so happy you're here with us in our village, and I hope that we all find a wonderful moment of, of peace and solace. And I know we will this morning with our special, special guest, Sharon Green. Um, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, this morning, our resident expert and parent coach, Sharon Green, is back with us. She has been with us since the very beginning and has shared an uh, enormous amount of knowledge with us and wisdom as we work to parent our children. Um, Sharon Green has a consulting business and lives in Atlanta. She's a Spellman sister of many, um, and she is just a fantastic, fantastic resource. Um, today, Sharon is back to help us deal with generational trauma and how we can come to terms with the intergenerational effects of mental health that we uh, may be experiencing with our own families. Um, how many of us have all have asked the question, how did we get here? What happened? How has, how has the, our relationship perhaps ended up in this space? Well, Sharon's gonna share with us how these things happen, how we get here, and she's gonna help us importantly get rid of the shame and the guilt and the feelings that we may have as mothers. And a lot of that we take on ourselves and it's really not 
um, not, not effective or not healthy. And so today's conversation is really aimed at mothers and Sharon Green, so happy you're here with us and I will turn it over to you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And I'd just like to say today, we're gonna have a frank conversation about who we are as women um, and that when did we decide to be a mother? And that conversation also will then lead into um, the history of who we are as a people and why mental health is such a critical issue at this point. It is not our fault, but it is our ownership to move forward and make some decisions. And so today I'm gonna kind of shock a little bit, um, get you out of your comfort zone. Um, some of you will know this information. Um, sometimes this will be your first. And I always say to you, make sure that you research. You know, don't take every speaker's uh, conversation or everything you listen to as gospel. Do your own research. But it is important to start somewhere. And so that's why you have individuals like myself who will just kind of spark that interest. And then you'll start to read, research, and ask questions in your family. And know that this conversation that I'm having today and always speaks with love. Love first. Love for myself, love for my people, love for my family, love for my sons, and love for us as women, women of color, that is important in this time and age that where we're going and what we're doing, we are the leaders of it. But if we don't love and understand ourselves first, then we can't speak to anybody else because we're always going to be reactive. And what we want to be is responsive and responsible for the words that we speak. So while this might be an uncomfortable conversation for some, or it might be a rah-rah cheerleading conversation, just know that it's all spoken out of love. And secondly, I just want to say thank you to Kelly. And I know that this project, the Sunrise Project, um, that we are here today um, is based out of our own pain and agony and wanting to commiserate. But guess what, Kelly, I use this to speak in love and to be able to create a safe and brave space for us to have a conversation about different aspects around mental health, whether it is directly or indirectly affecting us and how we can be champions for our community, our family and the ones that we love. And so thank you, Kelly, for being courageous and speaking to us and creating this safe and brave space out of love. So first I'd like to say, what's the origin? How did we get here? What's the DNA, intergenerational, epigenics, right? What, where, where are we? Who are we? And why is mental health now such a critical issue in the Black community? And then as mothers, what do we do with it? How do we deal with the generational aspect of it, the DNA, right? And then the guilt part of it. What I have um, realized is, is that a lot of us don't know that information. We say that we're stressed. We say, oh, diabetes comes from, you know, my mom or my grandmother or grandfather, right? But we don't understand the lineage of the, the Atlantic slave trade and how salt was put in our bodies to, through the transition to come to this world, right? So now we look at mental health, right? And we say, oh, it just came up. Oh, the person's just, no. No, it, the origin starts from there. I don't know how many of you have read um, Beloved, but Beloved was the same thing, right? And so we in our DNA have been conditioned first and foremost as, as black women to protect. And we have killed 
We have lied. We have, have, have caused bodily harm to ourselves in the level of protection. And so we look at these kinds of violent behaviors towards ourselves or others as, oh, that person, something's wrong with them. But there's history why that is. And so I wanna speak to you all today, primarily the women, but definitely in educating our, our men that all of that holds within the womb, internally and externally. And we're giving birth to that. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. And so I want to ask a question. Before motherhood, did you all think about what that would be? Did anybody? Did anybody like say, oh, I want to be a mom and this is the kind of mom I want to be? And what did that look like? Like, what, what was your version of, oh, I want to be a mom and this is my vision for it? Anybody? Oh, so I think that's a fascinating question that you raised about motherhood. Um, I, I love my children dearly. I have two of them. However, in thinking back about pre-motherhood, uh, I really never thought about having children. I actually didn't. I wasn't one of those women who pined for it, but I knew that when I became pregnant, nothing was more important to me. Nothing became more important to me. They became my lifeline, but they did not, they were never my lifeline before they were born. Meaning I just did not have a thought about it. So I think it's fascinating that you asked that question. Okay. Did anybody talk about DNA? Did anybody talk about, oh, I have sickle cell. Oh, there's mental health. Oh, there's alcoholism in my family. Did anybody think about that as they created their vision? Oh, I was abused for a long time. And I'm gonna do different. I'm gonna have children so I can do different. So I had sickle cell, I have the sickle cell trait. And so I was very intentional. I, I did not want to be with a person who had the sickle cell trait because one out of four would have, if I had more than four children, I could guarantee that one would have sickle cell. So I was very intentional about that. Growing up poor and in the projects surrounded by drugs and violence probably had an impact on my decision. It absolutely did. It absolutely did. So now we're like, okay, we're going to do better than our parents, right? No judgment. Sometimes there were. However, how did we prioritize what the trauma was in our lives or even acknowledging it to say to ourselves, I need to heal that first? Anybody? Did anybody even acknowledge that there was trauma in their life? No. Mm. Most of us don't. And, and ladies, um, ouch, including myself, the talented 10th, we did not. The boys talks about that. We were on its trajectory of let's go. Oh, I'm gonna do all the right things. I'm gonna go to college. I'm gonna get a job. I'm gonna get married. I'm going to be part of you know different organizations. I'm gonna make money. I'm just gonna do better. I'm gonna be better. But we aren't better because we did not acknowledge the trauma in our homes or in our communities that it was even a factor. 
And so there are three fears of life, right, that we primarily focus on. And in those areas, it's yourself, your work, and your relationship in no particular order. But what's most important to you in those three spheres of life, yourself, your work, or your relationship as it relates to you first? And then I'll ask you it another way. Relationship, okay. Anybody else? It's interesting. I would say self because I feel like we have to be well on our you know, first mm-hmm. in order to be able to give to the relationship. But I, or relationships, plural. I'm seeing everybody posting relationships. I'm like, maybe my thought is wrong. Oftentimes we choose the sphere that's most important or that we want to prioritize based on what we lacked in our childhood. So if we had wonderful relationships, then we're like, okay, I got that. I was perfect, right? If our parents didn't work in the areas that we were now introduced to college and graduate school, we might prioritize work or we could prioritize work based on avoiding ourselves, which a lot of us have done. That's a whole nother conversation about the imposter syndrome. And then lastly, we usually leave ourselves to, to last, right? Cause that's the hard work and it's easy to do that. So what does this all have to do with our children? We transfer that stuff. And then we make them wrong for it. Because what? They're not showing up in the perfect realm and perfect is relative to everybody. So we have to, we have to pull back. We have to pull back. How do we create safe and brave spaces for our now young adult children who have been traumatized? And you say to yourself, well, I didn't do that. I didn't say that. Oh, but you did. Sometimes by keeping it a secret, sometimes by not even acknowledging it, avoiding, because I'm gonna stay in the work. I'm gonna stay in the business of degrees, 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 move up, move up, up. Or we crash and burn, right? Or we give, give kids things. Millennials are doing things so differently now, right? Because we gave them things and they don't, interestingly enough, They don't want things. They don't want to earn to get things. They don't mind being given things and living off of things, but they don't want things. They look totally disheveled. When they go for jobs and opportunities, you know, I find myself telling my sons, shirt, tie, shoes, you have them. Oh no, that's not what we do. There are now places like Google, Facebook, they don't even want resumes. They want a statement. What have you been doing? How creative are you? But guess what? When we have this fear base in our womb and those that have been given to us, children that have been given to us, we have in in our environments, right? That we are now suppressing. No, oh, this is a creative child. They love to write. Shonda Rhimes said that the reason why she's as great a writer as she is, because she lied. She was a liar. She didn't even say storyteller. She said lie. She said our parents, she used to just create stories and just lie, 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 lie. And they redirected that energy. But most of us will see that as a character flaw and we beat it out of them, yell it out of them or or channel them and say, no, you're to do something different. 
her parents allowed her to lie and create store. And then they channeled it into being a writer, creative writer. And look who she is now. But if you read her book, yes, the first part of the of the conversation that she just talked, I was shocking to me. She was like, oh, I was a liar. How many of us had children who lied? And we punched them in the face, made them eat soap, created all kinds of traumas, right? So the womb energy, we're giving birth to this. And so now we talk about that mental health. It doesn't start. The trigger and the trauma of it starts from the womb, the DNA. I've shared with you all several times that when my oldest son, who's bipolar, had um, was diagnosed, grandmother, his father's mother, was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, what? Out of the 13 children of siblings that she had, four had bipolar one and two had bipolar two. What? So it's a joke in our family now. Oh, mom, you were so intentional about the sickle cell. Did you try out? Did you think about the mental health? I was like, ooh, right? So it's important for us to start to really have conversations with our family members about things that have gone on in your life that you're now questioning because we are projecting that onto our children. And so when you uncover some of these idiosyncrasies or differences that you see in your children, what do we say to ourselves? Well, how do I heal? How do I even know I need healing, right? I'm just going, just going. Well, part of my coaching process, what I do is what's called a human needs test, right? What are the needs that we have? Wouldn't it be beautiful if we just knew how we showed up? I'm almost 55. I didn't learn that stuff until I was about 48. So how do we how do we start to really have a new conversation with ourselves and start to really break the generational curse and traumas so that we don't play it out in our families? We have to start to ask questions. We have to start to see who are we, right? What does that look like? And so in, in my conversations when I'm coaching, especially young ladies, I'm asking these questions of them. Who are you? How do you show up? And so I've, one of the things that I first do is, what is your vision for yourself? Do you wanna be a mother? What does that look like for you? There are many ways to be a mother. We don't have to give physical birth. Then I asked them to do the, the prioritizing of the spheres of their life, yourself, your work, your relationships. And that changes at different parts of your life. In the 20s, might be about work and maybe about yourself. I think relationships get prioritized once you become a mother and or if you're looking to be in a relationship how do you start to heal that? The next thing is, is that I speak to them about how do you deal with yourself? How do you know how you show up? You show up through your traumas and we project that onto our children. So imagine being asked that question before you give birth and start the healing.
So there are six human needs, uh, certainty, that's the person who needs stability, safety and comfort, right? So there could be some issues around the traumatic events. And so let, let me also stop for a second. When I talk about trauma, everybody's trauma triggers are different. You could have several children in the home, you could have several individuals in the home and they receive an incident completely different. So it's very individualized. So we can't say, oh, well, girl, man, you think about that? Nah, that wasn't, that ain't nothing. Or if your friend brings a story to you. For me, I'm high drama when it comes to uh, male relationships. And I don't know, they, my friends have gotten to a point, they're like, girl, talk to me in a year. If things are still the same a year from now, then I, I believe you, but I am not going to believe you. And so I have to work on that, right? But they never make me wrong and say, well, girl, this is what I've been through. But that's what we do often in the workplace and in the home. So certainty. Then we have variety, the need for stimulus and change. That's your high risk people. Always wondering that, yeah, what's the next thing going on? Significance, the need to feel special and worthy of attention. This is what we do based on, did we have a lack of it? Did we just dream about it? Did we have enough of it in our lives? Connection and love. How do we speak? The need to feel connected. Do I vibe with you? Growth. The need to learn and expand your abilities. Always wanting to know. Research, research, research. Someone who needs to know. And then contribution the need to give others without expecting anything. I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna give. I'm just gonna give because that's what I do. So imagine if we knew that prior to having children and healing and doing the work. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem, we got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. So we said, well, Sharon, you know what? We ain't there. We already gave birth. The child was given to us and they got all these mental health issues. Then the acknowledgement is where we go next. And what does that acknowledgement mean? Creating a safe and brave space. Both of you not knowing, all family members on deck. I don't know what this is, but we're gonna do this together. And what together looks like in one home will look completely different in another. Some people are gonna take the medicated approach. Some people are gonna take exercise, diet, spiritual approach guidance by therapists, psychiatrists, elders in the community. Safe and brave space is what I really wanna to speak to. So that alleviates the guilt, right? And the shame of it. And so then the boundaries are set. How do we set those boundaries? By educating ourselves, having really hard conversations with everybody on board. Because that child who now has been diagnosed 
with a mental health disorder has severe traumas and a trigger that came, but they also have high creativity, high abilities to do something great. So what about creating these safe and brave spaces for those children and allowing them to understand that we know that this is a disease that is generational, but we're gonna do something different. And so when we do that and start to have that kind of conversation, all hands on deck, and it will change from time to time. And then you also are acknowledging, what is your, what is your need at this time? Do you need stability? Do you need to know all the information right then and there? And if so, can you maybe step back if that's not the thing that needs to be done right now? What about significance? Do you need to feel special and worthy and be the center of attention, but you know that this child or young adult is maybe doing the same thing? Can you take a moment and step back? When we start to really practice some of these things that I've talked about, the guilt erases. And then when people are around you, it's fine. I wear my son mental health challenges as a badge of honor. I see the pain and I wanna take it away from him. It's no different than when I had cancer, no different than someone who has hypertension, no different than someone who has COVID. We all don't want to see that pain that they're, but if you provide that safe and brave space for them, I know, I know as difficult as that conversation will be or the situation is at this time, it will allow for the person who's in that situation right now to not be reactive. They can know that I can come home or that I can be around others. So I'm gonna take a moment and I've said a lot. Um, I want you all to uh, shoot some questions, have a dialogue with me or with each other. Cause a lot of times um, while I'm leading the conversation, the experts are you all, cause you're living it daily. Anybody have anything they wanna say? I like the things that you said about generational curses, but our children don't understand those concepts. All they know that they're doing is living their lives, right? And, you know, I struggle with, you know, I have a type A personality. I, I believe in going for what you want. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my adult kids. One is 26, one is 20. I purchased three cars so that we all, we'd all have one to drive. And they haven't even gotten their licenses yet or their permits. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? So I just struggle to want them to be different than what they are. How do we get out of our own way so that it's a healthy relationship that we have with our kids and start wanting them to be something that obviously they're not in ways that we, you know, we've been, we've managed to succeed and acquire things, irregardless of our backgrounds. Like I said, I grew up in the projects, but I always knew I'd go to college. Mm -hmm. I always knew I would do certain things and I did them, but yet my kids have, have had all of these advantages, but yet they've taken a different route. And I know they struggle with anxiety and other things. 
So can you help to understand a bit of that or unpack some of that? So again, I'm speaking to mothers today and we want to do things differently because of the way that we were raised and the trauma that we experienced, right? So for you, um, the fire in the belly was, I'm getting out of the projects. However, I don't think you really acknowledged what the projects meant for you. And so what happens is, is that we just do, 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 right? Because we want to do better. But until we acknowledge what was happening for us, we're going to project what we think should be better. And there was a lot of good in the projects, right? A lot of good. And then we're not transferring that information to our children because either the ego is not allowing us or we want to keep it secret because it brings up too much for us. But guess what? It's in the DNA. So our children are actually doing things. So we, you said something really int uh, important when you said that they don't want to do anything. I bought them three cars and they don't have license. They were telling you that with just maybe toys or clothing when they were younger. So it's just now gotten into bigger things. A lot of the things that we want our children to know, I think we're trying to like osmosis. We're not sitting down and telling the stories, like really truthful. One uh, story I'd like to just share real quick is, is that my oldest son was in a boarding school and um, he intentionally decided to smoke weed. And so in smoking the weed, he got in trouble, right? And in getting in trouble, he had to go to each of his teachers and tell them what he did. And he had to be accountable to them. So when he came back to Atlanta, I made him do the same thing to community members. Now I was embarrassed, I was frustrated, I was angry. Like, and you did this right before you were getting ready to go to college. Are you kidding me? Like you're gonna get kicked out and da 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 da. You know, top school in the nation calls on the phone. Is this a habit or that? And I'm like, oh. But I got out of my way and I said, it's a village. There were people who chastised him. There were people who said, oh, I smoked weed all through college too. And let me tell you, it wasn't a good feeling. There were th folks who had other issues that they shared. And then he realized he was human and he could make mistakes and he had a safe and brave space. And so what I wanna say to you is, is that it has to start with conversations. And those conversations can be probed with, how are you today? Or, why are you feeling this way? What, what happens to you when you're feeling this way? And then just allow the conversation to just flourish in whichever direction it goes. Don't control it. But really and truly, the healing process of trauma is doing the hard work of having difficult conversations with love. That's why you go to therapy. Therapists help you sit down and just vomit in a safe and brave space. And all I'm telling you is, as a mother, create that same thing without expectation. 
without expectation is the challenge. Yeah. Right. I just want to say that something that my son brought up to me, which I just want to put out there is <laughs> understanding that we're in an invisible culture. I'm just trying to say that, you know, we, if we understand that our kids are paying a lot more attention to white supremacy culture characteristics and how it is running into the things that we believe. And for most of us, we were A students. We were honor students in school. Most of us have learned and mastered the system. And our kids necessarily are not trying to adhere to that. And the more that they know, they're pushing back against it. And being honest, as I'm having these really rich conversations with my sons is, okay, I need to see my role in that and unlearn a bunch of stuff. And, and unlearning that is unleashing them not to lead a duplicit life, unleashing them and giving them the opportunity to push back against these characteristics that are not serving us as a people and giving them that room. And I think that in projects like the Sunrise Project and other things that we can be involved in, it's like, hey, when you know better, you do better, quote Maya Angelou. But the key issue is understanding how we have been conditioned to really uplift and continue a system that wasn't designed to uplift and nourish us, but more specifically to uplift and nourish our sons. And so I think that the more we start to unlearn all of this craziness and learn how the system is getting the exact results as it was designed, the better we will be. And so as I'm taking that time out to do that homework, and I just encourage um, folks on this call to really start focusing on that piece, we start to see how maybe we're contributing to their inability to understand what historically has happened with the post-traumatic slave syndrome and what's currently happening as they're trying to really focus on doing better and pushing back on an establishment. And we have a responsibility as parents and as moms to really do our homework to understand how this system has just really been impacting their mental health and how we can encourage them and support them as they move forward because it's up to us as we stand back and nourish them and support them to see what structural systemically have been impacting them and how we can play a role in, uh, in not being in, 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 in identifying that and seeing how we can support it, support them collectively. Absolutely. And it, it starts with us as women. And I, I can't emphasize enough. Um, there are healing modalities that you all can take. Um, uh, Kelly has introduced um, a sister who does Reiki collectively. Um, and I would really encourage you all to really open up your mind on how to heal. The healing starts with us as women. And as we acknowledge the oppression that we've had to deal with for over 400 years in this country, when we start there, we can't start with, oh, I chose the wrong man, because that man is a beautiful man, but he is a result of, of all the systemic racism, all the things in our families, that the traumas and um, unhealing, unhealed um, events in his life. It starts from how we came in the Atlantic slave trade. Then it also says, where did you stop? And, and we can unheal, we can heal ourselves 
and heal the traumas that our children are having that are now showing up in mental health disorders. And then we're, they're using substance abuse uh, ways to, to kind of heal and, and, and deal with it. And if we can deal with that by acknowledging our fears and how we projected that on them, whether it's to get a straight A or whether it is to get a job, whether it's to get married, whether it's to choose a particular lifestyle, just understand that you've given birth and received a child and or received a child who is a genius, a creative genius, who is here to disrupt, right? Each of us can tell stories on this call of our children disrupting and what did we try to do is silence. And so I wanna encourage you in the last few minutes that I have is that let's observe them, let's create those safe and brave spaces and let's understand that there are many, many different ways to heal and to live healthy with bipolar, with schizophrenia. Many have done it. And if we can start to acknowledge from the beginning on how this has happened, we can now live very productive and loving lives in, in this world. I love that. I wish we had another hour. We'll have to have you back um, to give us more counsel. The, the no expectations and the communication piece, uh, that's you know major, major for me at least, and for all of us. But really appreciate you sharing today, sharing so incredible as always. Um, super helpful for me. I'm actually going to practice today what I've heard. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, thank you so much um, for being here. And we'll turn over to Kelly Chapman now, the other Kelly, uh, to close us out with a prayer today. Sharon, just incredible. Thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you, God, that you awakened us this morning in our right minds and with the activity of our limbs. We thank you for another day, another week, and thy will be done. We thank you for many years of blessings, favor, and purpose for ourselves and our brilliant children. God, we heard a lot today about DNA and genetics. And God, you even spoke about generational curses. You said the child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. We continue to understand that generational curses are the cumulative effect of us on our ancestors' behavior and experiences, what they said or what they believed in the past, and the consequence of our ancestors' actions, beliefs, and sins being passed down. We understand that we are dealing with post-traumatic slave syndrome and a system that previously and currently continues to oppress us. Proverbs states, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. As we navigate this world, Lord, we operate in survival mode. We operate in protection mode by keeping secrets, by avoiding, by being busy or providing too much stuff to our children, by controlling, by expecting them to behave in a way that makes us feel safe and by not demonstrating wholeness as parents. We've been doing what we've been programmed to do through the ages. And as such, we may have helped create our current state. Lord, we're sorry. We ask for your forgiveness for any and all actions that may have contributed to our situations. We love our children the best way we know how. In your son's name we pray, amen. Amen. 
Amen. Always so right on time, Kelly. Thank you. This has been fantastic. Sharon, always such a, such a wealth of knowledge and insight and grace and beauty and all of those things. So thank you so much for everything that you always do for us. And Kelly, thank you for that prayer again. It's always, always so incredible. So appreciate um, all of you for being here today. We will all practice together what we heard today. <laughs> thank you. Have a good day. I'm Kelly Richardson Lawson, and you've been listening to the Sunrise Project podcast. You can follow Sunrise wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, open your podcast app and follow this show. Join us next week for another gathering of support. Thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental wellness challenges, contact your doctor, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or both. You can reach NAMI's helpline at 800-950-6264, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or email at info at nami.org. Volunteers are working to answer questions, offer support, and provide practical next steps. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.